0: You're listening to episode number 37 of the Heart & Hustle podcast. We're your hosts, Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman. If you could listen to only one episode on our podcast, listen to this one, guys. Today's guest is the insanely talented Erin E. Hooley. Married two weeks after her 19th birthday, Erin is the mother to six children, ages 5 to 13. She holds no degree, she has completed no formalized training, she doesn't even know how to sew, and yet she is the president and founder of Bailey's Blossoms, a multi-million dollar children's e-commerce clothing line, and Peyton Bree, its sister brand for teens and tweens. With a love for mentorship and coaching, she is the creator and host of the Conquering Chaos podcast and is dedicated to developing a community of individuals who believe that business and motherhood are not enemies. She's the woman who refuses to take no for an answer, the woman who sees opportunity where others see failure, and the woman who is determined to help every woman recognize their potential and find fulfillment in leading a life of balance. Guys, today's episode is fire. Every freaking word out of Erin's mouth is literal gold for entrepreneurs. We talk about balancing motherhood and a wildly successful career, your biggest pitfall waiting for you as an entrepreneur and how to avoid it, mindsets and not feeling worthy or successful enough, building a team, leadership, and scaling. She even touches on e-commerce and inventory. And wow, guys, if you want to walk away fired up and ready to take on the world, this is where you want to be. Grab some chocolate, it's an inside joke, you'll get it soon, and get ready to shout amen, preach over and over and over again today. Let's go. You're listening to The Heart and Hustle Podcast with Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman, two photographers turned entrepreneurs and founders of The Heart University. If you're a creative entrepreneur or a motivated dreamer wanting to make the most of your life, this podcast is for you each week Evie and Lindsay bring you actionable tools to uplevel your business and life so if you're ready to step out to the plate and pursue your god-given potential you're in the right place you're ready to live your life and run your business to its fullest then buckle up because here are your hosts Evie and Lindsay.
1: All right, Erin, welcome to the Heart and Hustle podcast. We are so excited to have you here. Thank you, I'm super excited to be here with you. Well, girl, I just cannot wait to chat. Me and Evie are big fans, and you are just the biggest boss mama ever, and so I cannot wait for our listeners to hear your wisdom. So Erin, you built a multi-million dollar company with no degree and no formal education, which is like mind-blowing. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> I think there are so many people out there that can relate to your story or even look up to your story and be like, whoa, how do I do that? So let's start off by getting to know you and how you got into like your career,
2: where you're at now. Just basically tell everyone listening your story. Absolutely. I'll try to give you the condensed version because it's a little lengthy. But <laughs> my husband was in grad school. This was in Arizona and he had just graduated. This is like 2008 recession time and got a job with Mercedes Benz financial services. So he moved to Michigan. I had just given birth to our third child and in the evenings was bored out of my mind. So I started making hair accessories and my daughter, our oldest child is a, is a girl and her name is Bailey. So at the time, I was literally going to Hobby Lobby, buying hair like little flower heads, ripping them apart, gluing them back together, attaching them to clips, and I called it Bailey's Blossoms because Bailey and the flower whole thing, right? <laughs> well, <laughs> I quickly realized that dollar per hour proposition was the pits because I'm manually making these things and selling them for like five to seven dollars a piece, and then started making tutus, and then started making costumes and birthday sets and all of these things. And quickly, you know, move moved to Michigan. I we ended up having a fourth child in Michigan. Um, I was running a preschool and in home preschool. Shut that down because Bailey's Bostons was really taking off and i didn't manage it well so i ended up getting very overwhelmed i didn't know how to say no i didn't ever want to turn a sail away and everything was still manually being made by me so when my husband got a job offer to take him to to take us to sao paulo brazil i'm like hallelujah shut the sucker down i'm so over <laughs> all this and i did so for 2 years we moved abroad we did that whole thing i lived the life you know doing absolutely nothing and it drove me out of my mind <laughs> and so during that time I'm, um, I really just was able to consider what do I want this to be. I have this audience of twenty five thousand people on Facebook at the time. I told them, "Hey, um, we're taking a two year break, but please be patient because when we get back, it's going to be bigger and better than ever before." Of course, I had no idea what that meant, but <laughs> I had really lit a fire. And I'm like, what, "What does this mean? So, what am I doing when I get back?" So. Fast forward, we moved to Texas with my husband's work again. And at that time, I just said, okay, I'm ready. I'm going to relaunch. And my husband looked at me and he goes, uh, you were you were totally un, out of whack, out of balance last time. Now we have five children because we had another one in Brazil. Wow. And, right? Mike, we're all about the babies. I love <laughs> it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So he said, well, you know, what's going to be different? And I said, well, what's going to be different is I'm not going to make it anymore. I'm going to create DIY tutorials, put throw them up on YouTube, and I'm going to teach other people to make it they can make it themselves and i'm just going to supply the supplies put together like kits and things and we launched with this concept you know of course after i completely depleted our savings account which was a whole other story super fun oh <laughs> and, well. uh, and and at that point so we launched it's super successful people are loving it until somebody says i don't actually want to make a tutu I really would like you to make it for me. And I said, well, you know, I'm so flattered. Love that you love the designs, but I really can't open up that can of worms again. You know, balance issues. And But I was so disappointed that I couldn't serve this woman. And so I started considering, what does it look like to put a romper together with this so that I don't have to make it? Just draft up this cute little romper and see what happens. And so that's when... I drafted up the first little romper kit, and I put a romper together with a piece of jewelry and a hair accessory and sold that. And people freaked out. And so over the course of the next year or two, we morphed into a Full fledged clothing line and we don't do DIY or even hair flowers to that same degree anymore. It's completely changed multiple times, but now we are Bailey's Blossoms, Infant and toddler clothing and mommy and me clothing and a subscription box, which just launched in January as well.
0: Whoa. Wow.
2: Yeah. Your story
1: is incredible. I think just the way that crazy. you see the way that you navigated supply and demand, but then also your own heart and your own family needs. That's just so inspiring to me as like a fellow mama. And I just, I know a lot of people can like look at your story and just relate to that struggle of wanting to like have a career, but then also just having that struggle of, okay, there's a point where you're spending so much time in your career that you're you're not exchanging or you're exchanging time for money. And it's, it's like, how can you get out of that box?
2: Correct. And that's always been, that's been a, quite the struggle for many years for me, just figuring out what does balance look like? What is that? Is it? Is it a myth? Is it possible? I mean, we landed on six children. That's where we stopped. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so we had our sixth here in Texas and really trying to decipher with little kids nipping at your heels during the day. And I'd wake up <laughs> in the early mornings while they were sleeping. And I'd work late in the evenings when they were sleeping and in the middle of the day when they were napping and at school. And uh, just filled my time with all these things. But ultimately for me, I love being creative. I love being a mom and I love being creative. And I, I know myself well enough to know that I need both because ultimately my kids someday are going to grow up and they're going to leave the house. And I need to remember who Aaron is as a person. Who am I? Mm. What are my interests? What are my gifts? What are my talents? And that's not to be self-serving and, um, selfish, but that's just to be personally aware because I know that as I fill myself, I can easily or more easily and more fully fill the people around me, including my Mm -hmm. children and my husband, Mm. everybody else. So that's been a a lesson that I've had to really embrace to help me understand balance looks different for every person in every situation. What does balance look like for me? Well, it looks like, for me, it looks like the ability to be present, the ability Mm. to whether I'm in my work zone or in my home zone with my kids, that I can be perfectly unplugged and focused on whatever it is I'm doing within that given time.
0: Oh my gosh, I love that. And I think that's so good for like young entrepreneur mamas to hear because I think finding balance is hard for any entrepreneur yes. in general, let alone adding other human beings to the mix that you are raising and keeping alive and loving and serving. (laughs) Like I can't, I'm not a mom yet. And I, I'm still struggling with balance in my own life. And the idea of adding kids to it, I want kids so bad. I'm so excited for that day. But I'm also like, oh, that's going to be a whole nother rodeo.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It is. But you know what? A good sense of humor, a whole lot of chocolate. and (laughs) You can get yourself through anything. (laughs) I
0: love it. Well, Erin, I would love to hear maybe you kind of mentioned like what balance – looks like, like what your goal is, what you're striving towards, which is being present. Um, I would love to hear what are, do you have like some practical tools or steps or, or boundaries that you've put in place to reach that balance in your life?
2: Absolutely. And I have to throw out a disclaimer because about three years ago, it got to the point where business was booming so much and we were growing so rapidly and my team was growing and we ended up moving out of my garage and into a warehouse and then building our own warehouse and all of these other things are going on. And I finally turned to my husband and I said, honey, I love you. I love that you're willing to come home at eight o'clock at night and pack packages with me at night. I think that's fantastic, but some we can't live like this forever. Like something's got to give. So." Yeah. I think that you need to quit your job or I need to shut this down. But something's telling me that that would be really stupid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so ultimately, he did quit his job. He left his corporate career and he and I work together. And because yeah. of that, we have the degree to to balance one another a lot more. It's still hectic and crazy and chaotic. And I find times to work where to be able to fill in the gaps for, for any given situations. Perfect example, and this is an extreme one, so I almost hesitate to share it, but I've been here in my office since 1230 this morning because, (laughs) I know, I'm like, it's not typical, (laughs) but because we're hopping on a plane and going on vacation with the kids for spring break this afternoon. And so I knew that I had to get all my stuff done so I could go and relax for a week. And it was a sacrifice that I was willing to make for the gains that I knew I was going to get. Down Wait, road. so just to clarify, you mean 12
1: a.m. like like basically midnight. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that is the hustle I appreciate that that's incredible and like yeah. I think that just sh- goes to show like you have six kids and you run a banging business like sometimes you have to make
2: what works work
1: mm-hmm. um, well I, I have to that- say
2: I was like oh snap the energy's starting to falter where are the Oreos and I pop the <laughs> and I'm like shake it off Aaron, shake it off <laughs> well, thank you for fitting us in right before your oh vacation oh my gosh of course, yeah. of
0: course and I love that you even like yes you you've been hustling since midnight but the purpose of it is not just to hustle more it's to take a break and be present with your family yes. and fully relax. And I think yes. that's what I want people to hear from what you just shared is that you made a sacrifice in order to be fully present with your family.
2: Yes. And ultimately I know myself well enough to know what brings me joy. I know what brings me joy in my work. I know what brings me joy in my home. And I'm going to chase those things. If I'm doing something that brings me absolutely no joy, that's when I'm off my yeah. that's when I'm off balance. Mm, I mm. love that. Wow. Oh,
0: man. I'm freaking praise hands and over here left <laughs> and right. Erin, you are a gem. I am yeah. loving this. Well, thank
1: you. Okay, Erin, next question. We know you've had an unconventional path to success. Um your your story doesn't look like the typical story. So, how have you embraced that with yeah. I know you you started your business with three kids, which I think is also relatable. Um but just how have you en- embraced that unconventionality?
2: Absolutely. So, and I'm just gonna a little bit of backstory. My husband, when he quit Mercedes-Benz Financial Services, they actually hold a yearly women's leadership summit here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And they asked me to be a speaker at this big conference that they hold. And it was my first speaking opportunity. I was completely flattered and said yes right away. And then I walked away from that and I thought, wait, who else am I speaking next to? And I saw the lineup and I'm like, who am I? Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Like these people with their degrees and I don't even have an associates. And you know, here I am running a fashion clothing line. I don't even know how to flip and sew. I mean, all of these, <laughs> all of these things that I just started to knock myself down. And I told my husband, cause they said, they said, can you send over a headshot and a bio? And I'm like a headshot, like I don't have a headshot of a mom. I don't have a headshot <laughs> and a bio. And I, so I'm like Googling how to write a bio. And you know, I mean, it was just so funny. And I'm looking at all of these people with their, you know, massive accolades and their, and all of these things on their biographies. And I'm thinking, okay, none of these are me. How do I write a bio? And so I actually asked my husband, I said, you're corporate, you write the bio for me. And he sat down and i left him alone for you know 5 minutes of my incredible patience and came back <laughs> and he had wife mother entrepreneur and i'm like wow oh my gosh you can't even write me a bio i suck <laughs> oh, <laughs> And so I got so down on myself. And then I just went and I cried into my pillow and I'm like, I should just not go. I shouldn't speak. I don't think I know anything. You know, I just ripped myself apart. And then suddenly, you know, I just, I humbled myself enough to be able to just ask for a little bit of peace. And suddenly I just got that just clear impression that, you know what, your story is unconventional, and that's what makes this special. Mm, Everybody will always underestimate you, and that is the biggest advantage you have. Mm. And so now, once that light bulb went off, I thought, oh, heck, yes, they will. Every time I walk in a room and people don't bat an eyelash because they just don't know, but I know that ultimately I can teach them a thing or two about e-com, and that Mm. excites me. And so it's – being underestimated, having people question you or look at you or scoff or whatever it happens to be, say things like, Oh, you're you have six children, oh, you're just a mom, or whatever it happens to be, all of those things, embrace that crap. Embrace it because you can show them what's what later. Oh my I
1: gosh. I love that. I'm like, I'm <laughs> tearing up, Erin. what you just said is so powerful. And I know somebody out there that's listening right now. Like, you just touched their heart because you just spoke right, like, truth straight. Like, I, wow. Just because I
2: really hope so because there's too much of that judgment. And I'm like, you know what? No more lines in the sand. Ladies, if you want want the best of both worlds, you can have the best of both worlds. And don't let anybody tell you otherwise. You create your own dream. And that's the truth. Mic drop right there.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. This was a great episode. (laughs) Uh Erin that's incredible. And the fact that you have six kids and are just crushing it in business and in motherhood is such a testimony to other mompreneurs who are out there and wanting to do both. And so thank you for coming on and sharing like your testimony today yeah. and and being so passionate about coaching and mentoring other entrepreneurs and spe- especially like mom entrepreneurs. And just, I think you, from everything that I know about you and what you teach and what you do, you are so powerful and talk so much about, you know, the the only limitations that really matter are the ones that we put on ourselves yes. and the fact that we get in our own way, which is something that Lindsay and I preach regularly and believe so strongly in. I would love to hear some tips or strategies or insights that you can give to any mompreneurs out there or really, honestly, any entrepreneurs about overcoming those limitations and the mindsets that might be holding them back.
2: Absolutely. And you hit the nail right on the head because we all get these big, massive roadblocks in our way. But what we don't all realize is that we're the ones who put them there. Mm-hmm. Oh. And in order to get over it, we need to break down why it's there in the first place and what it is that is in our mind that is putting that there and making us stop and and that fear come in and take over us. So one of the things that's helped me the most is to really take a hard look at who I'm spending the most time with. Mm-hmm. And making sure that the people I'm spending the most time with, while everybody needs cheerleaders, I don't want all cheerleaders in my life. I don't. I mm-hmm. need some challengers because it's the challengers who are going to push me to the next level. The cheerleaders yeah. are going to hold me when I cry. They're going to tell me it's great. <laughs> the challenger is going to say, get off your butt, Aaron. You're done whining. And go and do something about it if you're not yeah. happy. Change it, and a perfect example of this. We had we launched a sister brand um, about a year and a half ago. It's called Peyton Bree, and the initial launch did not go as planned. We lost $2 million in six months.
0: Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. My heart just stopped.
2: (laughs) Yeah, you and me both. I was so not in a great place. And when I made the announcement that we had to change business models, it hurt a lot of people. And I was devastated because I was so emotionally connected to what I was trying to create. We just didn't have enough runway and enough money to be able to pull it off Mm -hmm. without harming our businesses that were doing well, you know? And so ultimately, I I went on Facebook. Live and I made this message and immediately started getting hate mail and slanderous messages sent my way.
0: What? And
2: I was devastated. And I just sobbed and sobbed and sobbed. Well, the a gentleman that was on my executive team at the time, and he's now actually the president of the company because of this very trait, he came over to my house and Showed up on my front door with some chocolate because he knows me. (laughs) (laughs) And he just looked at me and said, hmm, it's been kind of a crappy day, huh? And I'm like, yeah, a little bit, you know? (laughs) And he said, so you're just – he's like, so you're just wallowing a bit. And I'm like, yeah, I'm wallowing a bit. And he said, all right, that's fine. You can wallow a bit. I'll give you five minutes. You get five minutes to be down there and wallow. But then you need to get up and you dust yourself off because we need your vision and we can't drive this ship without you. Wow. And I'm like, how about fifteen? And he goes, No, you get five. And then he turned around and walked away. Whoa. And I remember thinking, Oh golly, this is gonna suck. And another time he told me, he said, You didn't lose two million dollars, you gained a two million dollar education. Mm. Oh wow. And so <laughs> that that rhetoric, that that mindset shift has been everything, but it doesn't come from the people who are telling you, oh, it's going to be okay. You can do it. You're good. If you want to do it, I think you can do it. It's the people who are saying, you know what? You can do it, but only if you want to get up and make it happen. Yes. And, and the so mindset shift, like just taking a
1: failure and saying like, oh
2: no, you get- gained valuable education from that. Yes. Like, huge. Huge. It's like the ultimate degree in entrepreneurship. (laughs) Welcome. You have now officially earned your stripes. Oh, man. Congratulations. (laughs) But here's the best part within eight months after dusting myself off, we crossed the seven figure mark for that business and we turned it into a multi million dollar business (laughs) within eight months. So I'm like, okay, all right, we'll take these hard lessons and we're going to just tuck those in the back pocket for when we need them because I don't, I would never be where I am today without them. Wow. Loki, I need
0: to talk to your president. Just get him on my team too. I right? <laughs>
2: I love that. And I
0: think that's so important. Like I could not agree more with Yes, having cheerleaders is great and having people who believe in you is great. But having the people who believe in you and cheer for you, but then also call you out and are gonna Mm -hmm. challenge you and and push you forward when you really don't feel like being pushed forward, those are the people who are gonna help you grow. Those are the people who are gonna add weights to your your weightlifting when you feel like you're doing great. (laughs)
2: Exactly. Well that's the thing is, you know, I've I've likened this unto Unto standing under a shower of perpetual praise, right? It's warm, mm-hmm. it's comfortable, it feels all nice and fuzzy. You're not going to move out from underneath that shower to take one step, even if it's towards progression, because you're comfortable. Mm-hmm. But once yeah. it gets a little uncomfortable and you have to be pushed outside of that, people are telling you the hard things. It's no, maybe you get a splash of cold ice water every now and again. <laughs> if it makes you step in the right direction, then so what? Mm-hmm. Give me the ice water. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I'm
1: loving this. This is fun. (laughs) Like there's there's a little fire coming out of my hands. and I'm just so hot. (laughs) Does Instagram scare the heck out of you? Feeling like you're always struggling to save time on the good old gram while also creating flawless branded professional content for it? We feel you, we have made
0: a special little something just for you. We created a PDF with our top five apps we use in conjunction with Instagram to create smooth, professional content while saving us time and energy. This is a list compiled after years of using Instagram and searching for all the secret pro tools to make our jobs easier.
1: If you've ever wondered, how the heck did she do this? Or how did she make that? It's probably answered by one of these apps. There are little secret sauce to spicing up your Instagram. We use these apps
0: daily, and they've absolutely changed the game for us. So if you're ready to up-level your Instagram and create pro content with just a few clicks, we got you. Head on over to www.theheartuniversity.com apps, and let's up-level that Instagame.
1: That's A-P-P-S, y'all. All you have to do is go to share.honeybook.com/heart and claim your discount. That's share.honeybook.com/heart or you can check out the link in our show notes. Okay, Aaron, you have talked a lot about mindset and that's so so important, but you've also talked about just you've like been very humble, but you've sprinkled little little nuggets throughout this interview of just like How freaking incredibly successful you are. So, I would love to pivot and chat a little bit more business. Like, let's go. Let's chat starting a business from the ground up. I know that there are so many listeners who are probably at the beginning of their business and can relate to the beginning of your story and are looking at you like, what? You're so successful now. Could you speak directly to them about any tangible tips or things that you've learned from your own experience starting a business
2: from the ground up? Absolutely. You want me to go in the direction of more e commerce or just general business practice? Whatever you feel passionate about. Either. either. Well, okay. So inventory management was one of the biggest learning um, curves that I have ever experienced. And so when it comes to e-commerce, getting a handle and understanding your cash flow needs is so imperative. But one of the things that I hear the most for people who do e-com, whether that's selling a tangible product or even a service product, if you sell something online, you're in the world of Mm e-commerce. And there's three things that, three levers that you can pull when people say, oh, I need more, I need more sales. Okay, well, let's talk about more sales. What does that look like? There's three levers that we can pull. Number one, you need more traffic to your website. Number two, you need a better conversion rate on your website. Or number three, you need a higher average order value for each of the orders that are already coming in. So when when we're looking at our sales goals and we just throw out a number and we say, oh, I want to sell a million dollars worth of product this month, or heck, a thousand dollars worth of product this month, it really doesn't matter where you fall on the spectrum there, these principles are still the same. Okay, you have your goal, but what does that mean? We're gonna back into it. Are you gonna increase your traffic, which means we need to look at your social media presence? How often are you posting? What's the material you're posting? Is that you know all of these different things? Or is it going to be conversion driven, which means now we're gonna look at your website? What are the top products that you're showcasing on the homepage of your website? That's your prime real estate. Can you if you're showcasing the top products within the top categories, those should be on the website. So uh, those should be the first thing that you see first. And so many times people look at me and they say, can you take a look at my website? Do you think it looks pretty? And I'm thinking, no, 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 that is the wrong question. You should Mm -hmm. not care if I think it looks pretty, and you shouldn't care if you think it looks pretty. You should care if it converts, because Mm. if it doesn't convert, it doesn't matter how beautiful your website is. And so there's that. And then the last one is average order value, which I kind of touched on in my story already, which just means if you are having, if you have a hundred people come to your website and you have a 2% conversion value, which means two people out of every hundred people are converting and making a purchase and your average order value is 50. Well, you make a hundred bucks for every hundred people that come to your website, right? Easy math. So if you're saying I need to 10x that, then you need to have a 1000 people come to your website every day to make $1000 every day. Or you need to increase your conversion rate to 3% or you need to convert uh, increase your average order value to maybe $60 or $70 and the same amount of traffic will give you more sales. So those are the three levers within e-com and it just determine you just have to be able to bake into your strategy which one am I making a priority which one am I pulling today? Oh my gosh. I am mind blown. I'm writing notes. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, it's a lot of information. Hopefully that wasn't too much, but
1: you broke it it down so well though. (laughs)
0: That's so good. I feel like when you first approached um, e-commerce, Erin, was it, were you familiar with any of those strategies or any of that mindset at all? Or did you, I mean, not at
1: all. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> Not at all. So, And here's the biggest lesson that I learned when I first started. And this is a hard lesson. So when I first launched my business, I actually launched on Etsy. And we did 85% of our sales were on Etsy. And we had a large social presence because we were posting on Facebook all the time. And then when Instagram got popular, we we brought on Instagram and we were doing all the things. Well, in 2015, the end of 2015 was when I went to my husband, and I said, hey, I think that I need you to quit your job. And we determined, OK, well, starting January of 2016, let's budget as though your income doesn't exist and see if we can make it work based solely off of my income. And then I'm not even joking. I couldn't make this stuff up. Not two weeks later, after we decide this, Etsy pulled the plug on us, and we got kicked off the platform. <gasps> wow. We oh, had wow. done six hundred thousand dollars in sales in two thousand fifteen on Etsy, and so we, I was devastated. Whoa. And at that time, we were still running out of my garage, and I had I walked outside to go and tell my my small little team of moms that came and brought their children to work, you know that that this happened. And my office manager, customer service lead at the time, she said, and she was eight and a half months pregnant. She goes, "Erin, are you telling me after I have this baby, I'm not going to have a job? <gasps>
0: oh and, shoot."
2: I looked at her and I couldn't. And I just said, No, I am telling you that if you'll be flexible with me, your job description just might change. And she's like, Okay, what does that mean? And I said, well, She's like, What do you want us to do today? And I said, I want you to take the time that you have and individually message everybody who's ever purchased with us on Etsy because Etsy doesn't give you a list, an email list of all of your, your customers, and just say, hey, thank you so much for your support. We just wanted to give you a heads up the Bailey's Blossoms can now exclusively be found at baileysblossoms.com. And we did this for two days. And within by the second day, our sales had tripled. Wow. And I'm thinking, what what's happening? What's going on? And so I go to social media and I'm starting to look around. I'm like thinking, is this just because we've recently touched them? Like, I don't even understand. People are saying, congratulations, what a huge move for you. All of the this great feedback, and I was so confused. So I go to social media, and I see that there's an influx of people tagging us. And I'm going, why? You know, why are people suddenly tagging us? So then I go into a couple people's accounts, and I realize, wait, they've been wearing Bailey's Blossoms for years. Why are they only tagging us now? And so I went to their old pictures, and they were tagging Etsy. They weren't tagging me. Mm. And suddenly, when people would say, hey, that's an adorable romper. Where'd you get it? They said, oh, thanks so much. Hashtag Etsy. No, no. no. Now it was hashtag Bailey's And when I realized that, and that light bulb just kind of flickered and just went off like a lightning strike in my mind, and I thought, this is what we're missing. It's brand recognition. Here I am trying to be nobody Because I didn't think I was worthy of being anybody, but once I recognized that there were people that were proud of my name, and why the heck shouldn't I be too? Then I put our brand name on everything, and I stopped second-guessing whether or not I was good enough to consider myself a brand. We did all of our design in-house. Heck yeah, we were a brand. And so— at that point it changed everything and we put we put our brand on our poly mailers and we put it on i mean everything that we could manage to and that's when we took off and that year we grew 233%. Wow. 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 Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I'm having so much fun on this episode. This is amazing. <laughs> Yeah. So I'm like, there's there's constant nonstop learnings all the time. And so when I when I think of all the lessons that a new entrepreneur should consider that I've learned over the years, I'm like, oh my goodness, if only I could take it all out and just force feed it down everybody's <laughs> throats. To, to save you some of the some of the things that I've had to go through. But ultimately, it's been mindset, it's been leadership, it's been cheerleaders and challengers, and it's been brand recognition and understanding basic data points to help drive my decisions. So it's not just, Oh, I think this is a good idea. No, no, no. Shopify gives me enough data. I know this is a good idea. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to drive forward with that.
1: Wow. I just like, I have no even (laughs) words. Like,
0: (laughs) Erin, you are so wise and you have so much information. I, I have like a million questions going off in my head, which is why I'm like, oh my gosh, which one do I ask next? Um, <laughs> I would love to hear you kind of touched on this with especially like starting Peyton Bray. Did I pronounce that right? Bree. Okay, yes. Peyton mm-hmm. Um, And like losing that $2 million right off the bat there. I would love to hear like when you first started, what mistakes did you make? And if you could go back to the very beginning would you change or do anything different knowing what you know now?
2: Absolutely. So the biggest mistake I made was I second-guessed myself. When I started Bailey's Blossoms, I never started it understanding what it could be. Mm -hmm. And so it didn't feel like a risk. It just was this little hobby thing that I downplayed all the time. With Peyton Bree, I understood business and I knew the potential that was right in front of me. And I let that psych me out. Mm -hmm. And not only that, but because we were trying to enter into an industry that we didn't fully understand, which was network marketing, we hired consultants. And the consultants psyched us out. And we did. We had one of the most successful launches in the history of direct sales. And it was posed to be a, a really raving success. But because of that, I allowed... Other people's excitement, other people's projections of what this was going to be cloud my own personal judgment, and I stopped listening to what I knew. Mm -hmm. And instead of playing conservative, we thought, oh, snap, we're going to have an inventory crisis. And so I purchased inventory like you wouldn't believe, and that's what did us in. Because ultimately, what happened was I purchased so much inventory that the people who were, were actively selling that product could only afford to buy 11% of every, um, of every product. Whoa. That's the, that's the purchasing power they had. But we didn't break even until 50% was sold off. Wow! And so every time I launched a new product, we went deeper and deeper and deeper into the hole. And they were saying, well, we can't succeed without new product. And I'm thinking, we're not going to succeed if we keep launching new product. And so ultimately, it became a very harsh learning experience where if I could go back and be more conservative, if I could go back and listen to my gut versus the voices telling me what it would or wouldn't be, what I could or couldn't do, the rules, the things that I had to follow. And I'm like, you know what? I've always been a rule breaker. I've always marched the beat of my own drum. And that's always been my greatest asset, but I forgot it in that moment. And it did me some major harm.
1: Wow. That's such a good lesson. I- yes, I mm-hmm. <laughs> It's an expensive one. Don't yeah. do it yourself. Me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Take this well, advice from someone who's done it before. <laughs>
1: exactly. Oh, okay. Man. Well, Erin, you have touched a lot on e-commerce. I have one major, I guess, final question for you. What yeah. is the biggest lesson in business as a whole that you've learned so far? Which you can take a minute if that's like, uh, that's a huge oh, question, um, but not necessarily e-commerce specific, but just in general and from your entire story, um, if you can name it down, name it down. If you could narrow it down to one main thing, I mean, or absolutely. or uh, what would you say it would be?
2: Leadership, 100%. Mm. whether that's surrounding yourself with people who lead you and mentor you or the way that you lead and mentor others. It's really, really hard to go from a solopreneur mindset to a leadership mindset where suddenly you're empowering other people and you're giving away the things that you thought only you could do, Mm. allowing other people to fail and treating it as a team effort. Now, perfect example, and I'll share this because this was a recent mistake that I just made, and it was a big one. So we had, um, (laughs) I was in San Diego this last week at a conference, and I had gotten wind in the evening after the conference was over that something had happened on our social media and on our VIP page. Um, our marketing team had put together a model call because they were going to do a model uh, a photo shoot that weekend, and the model call said, "Hey, we're looking for girls sizes, you know, nine to twelve months and three T, and women who are sizes extra small and small." Well. Nobody thought to clarify why we needed those sizes. And optically, it looked really prejudiced towards a specific type, body type of women. And Mm -hmm. so people were very offended. And we had people saying just, man, I can't believe a women-owned company would support this kind of of a stereotype and how awful and all of these things. And there, a lot of damage was done. A lot of morale damage was done before I was brought into the loop. Well, by the time I was brought into the loop, I thought, oh, my gosh, this is so embarrassing. I need to fix this. And I went live on the VIP page without consulting my team and... Said, "Hey guys, this was just just brought to my attention. I had no idea that this was going live. The reason that we have these sizes is because those are core sizes. Those are the only sizes that our initial samples are made in. We have dress forms that we that we spec them to here in house. That's that's where that size comes from. This is not a prejudice you know, preference in any way, shape, or form. And I personally apologize, and I personally guarantee that we're going to do X, Y, and Z moving forward. Yada." yada. I didn't think anything of it. Everybody was super, super happy and expressed their gratitude for me going into detail and said, oh man, that makes so much sense. Thank you so much. We love this company, blah, blah, blah. Well, then the next morning my team saw it and they were devastated. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't imagine why until I got on the phone with them and they said, "Aaron, you said, you're sorry. You said that you would fix this. You said that. And I thought, oh my gosh, I spoke like a solopreneur. Here I have this team of 30 plus people and I spoke like I'm the only one behind this beast. Mm. I didn't acknowledge the fact that they were embarrassed, the fact that they were sorry, the fact that they had no malintent in this. And I took that opportunity away from them. And so I ended up having to apologize to the Facebook group, and then I ended up having to come home and apologize to my team. And it was super emotional. I'm like, guys, I am so sorry. And then I kind of smacked myself around. I'm like, Aaron, goodness gracious, you've been in this game for so long. Stop thinking and talking like a solopreneur. When you have somebody on your team, that is a team and a group effort. You don't throw people under the bus. Mm-hmm. You need to be a true leader. And in that moment, I wasn't. And so it's leadership is the biggest lesson. It's the biggest asset. It's the biggest growth potential because you are only one person. And if you only attribute your success to just you, well, then you're just lying to yourself. If there's people behind you in the background, if there's people behind you that are assisting in any way, then you need to give credit where credit's due because Mm. ultimately you can't do it without them. Erin, that's so good. I'm just, I'm taking notes
1: as I mean as we grow our team at the Heart University, as I grow my team, like personally in my business, that's such an important reminder to mm-hmm. people to value your team and to, yes. I mean, because we all get into business most often as solopreneurs and we're trying to do this alone. But as you grow your team, as you start outsourcing, you need to realize to value those people and to treat it. Like I just, I'm taking so much away from that just because- yes. Oftentimes, we get into a career because we love what we do, or we want to make money doing a passion, or something like that. But then, as right. you grow, you just have to realize that you you don't think about leadership when you first get into business as an entrepreneur. Usually, as a solo not career. at all, I didn't. You know, yeah, not at all. Yeah, um, but- yeah, sorry. I have we go?
0: <laughs> no, you're good. I think it's just it's a me, myself, and I mindset when you're starting in business. Yes. and you are the only person who is doing everything, and you're running around from station to station. You know, marketing, sales, uh, social media, production. Like you're running back and forth, throwing one hat on and one hat off, and and that's the mindset that gets drilled into us when we're first starting. Yes, and then as you start to pivot, it's so hard to not try to run over to the other station and throw on their hat and take it off their own heads like as we're building a team but it's so important to empower our staff and our team to take ownership to really step up and not just be standing in our shadow but when we hand it off like this is all of us in this together and I couldn't do this without you guys Absolutely, and I love that
2: and ultimately if you want to think small then think solopreneur but if you want to think big think leadership and team. Mm, wow. so you cannot uh, go big
1: without it. Oh my gosh. I freaking well, it, love that. <laughs> it's the same principle of why people, even in corporate jobs or just any job ever, why a lot of people hate their jobs is because they don't have buy-in. They don't have value and they don't exactly. understand that what they're doing contributes to something meaningful. And when you, as a leader or as a company owner or head, can give that power of of buy-in to your company and to your employees, like that's where the magic button like shifts when they are feeling valued and when they have buy-in and understand that they are valuable to the company. That's just, that's
2: it. Yeah, absolutely. I love it.
1: Erin, I would love, this isn't on our list of
0: questions, but I know you've talked a lot today about your team as well as like coaches, mentors, people who challenge you and push you further. And if. Have helped, um, you know, guide you, advisors. I think you mentioned. I, you seem like you've just built such an incredible team around you. You mentioned thirty plus people. You seem like you've really sought out. You know, education and training, and and coaching and mentoring from people who have gone before you. I think one of the most common questions Lindsay and I get is, how do you build a team? Where do you find those people? And or yeah. how do you find mentors? Where do you find those people? Do you have thoughts on either one of those, like building a team and how to find those people, and or building that mentor coaching people who can really pour into you um, and lead you, and how to find Absolutely. those people?
2: You know, and we're in such a great day and age where we have so much available at our fingertips literally I mean between social media where you can join networking groups and even just listening to podcasts to meet new people and understand stories that you never would be that you would never hear otherwise mm-hmm. there are so many people out there that can introduce and help you to see what direction to go into that you can resonate with and say okay I need to follow a little bit of their path what presence do they have online what 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 services do they offer all of these different Things And so really just doing a little bit of homework, setting aside a little bit of time to say, this is going to be my hour Thursday afternoon to be able to find one person that is going to help me level up. And then just starting to do a little bit of research and keeping yourself on track, not to get into a rabbit hole, but to really just be very concise and very purposeful in the actions that you're trying to take, asking the right questions to the right people, and just to be able to find that that niche of understanding and learning that's available to you. Ugh, I yeah. love that. That's All right. so
0: good. Erin, <laughs> you, you are incredible. This episode fired me up, man. I'm like <laughs> ready to go kick some butt after hearing you talk. Good.
1: love to hear it. <laughs> I am
0: sure so many people are feeling the same way. They are obsessed with you. And I would love to hear just you give the rundown of where everyone can find you, how they can get in touch with you and how they can continue to follow along on your business journey and just your education and inspiration.
2: Absolutely. So I'm very active on um, ErinEHooley.com as my website. I'm also on Facebook and Instagram at Erin E. Hooli. And I'm going to be launching a course here shortly. And I'm also finishing up writing a book that I hope to launch out here by the end of the year as well. Oh, my so God. <laughs> the- <laughs> you're hunting. crushing it. I love it. <laughs> oh, but, and also, if anybody wants to contact me directly, hello at ErinEHooley.com. And we'll, we make sure that we respond to everybody.
0: Ugh, oh, you are incredible, Erin. Thank you so much for yeah, your you time. Been a pleasure.
1: <laughs> I am so inspired by you, and I'm low key gonna go buy some Bailey's blossoms for me and my <laughs> eight, eight eight month old because I, I love everything that you do, and I want to support you awesome. so much. Thank you. I appreciate you guys. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Erin. We enjoyed
2: talking to you. You as well.